mustache, attired in a lavender dressing gown, opened the door with a wry smile. Candy, you little dove, what brings you to me humble lodgings at the crack of dawn? The blonde detective brushed by him and strode into the apartment. Guess again, Rembrandt, it's almost 9.45. I thought good photographers could tell time by looking at the sun. She perched on his faux velvet sofa and helped herself to the candy dish. I'm sure you'll love those chocolates. They're Belgian, a gift from an admirer. But tell me why you're here, please. You didn't come over here just to sample me sweets, Rembrandt said. I need some info, Dougie. What do you know about the Japanese Sandman? Gracious, you do have good taste. The Japanese Sandman is the nickname ascribed to an exquisite boated urn of Nippon porcelain, which dates back to the turn of the century. Japan manufactured thousands of Nippon porcelains of all kinds from approximately 1891 to 1921, primarily during the Meiji period, methinks. So why is this one urn so valuable? Candy asked with an arched eyebrow. My darling, the value of any artistic piece is strongly influenced by beauty and rarity. Japan exported thousands of Nippon items to our shores before World War I, and they came in dozens of different shapes, decorated with hundreds of various scenes. Nearly all of them have increased in value. But the Japanese Sandman is a one-of-a-kind, and its current price tag probably exceeds $12,000. And that's a lot of cabbage, my little lamb, he replied. Laddie boy, the depth of your knowledge delights my girlish heart. How did it get the nickname Japanese Sandman? she asked, crossing her shapely legs. Well, lovey, the scene painted on the front of the urn is an elderly Japanese spirit man clutching a staff in one hand and a small lamp or perhaps an hourglass in the other. So methinks it was whimsy to give it the title of that 1930 pop blues song. Oops, strike one for Rembrandt. Japanese Sandman was composed in 1920, not 1930. Dick Whiting and Ray Egan wrote it. I remember because that song was in one of my movies. Verily now, I stand corrected, O oh, goddess of detection, he replied with more humor than sarcasm. But I'm sure that one can view this lovely piece of Nippon at a local downtown gallery. Strike two, it was stolen from there last night. Candy chuckled as she arose from the sofa and started for the door. But don't worry, Rembrandt. I'm on the case. With her chum sputtering behind her, she opened the door and left him with a cheery, I'd better leave now before you strike out. She walked briskly back to her parked car, spun it away from the curb, and wove her way through increasing traffic up Pine Street to Powell, then past Union Square to O'Farrell Street, and eventually found a parking spot in front of Monty Masters Bookstore, about a half a block from the Asian Dreams Gallery. Her high heels clicked a staccato on the sidewalk as she walked to the gallery and opened the etched glass front door. About a half a dozen people were milling about inside, and she announced herself to them. I'm Candy Matson. Is there a doctor in the house? A tall man with a florid face and pencil-thin mustache, dressed in a dark gray suit, 
with a red silk tie walked toward her, saying, Hello, Miss Matson. I'm Dr. Essex. You are very prompt. I like that. Oh, you'll like me even better when you get to know me, Doctor. Uh, now about my fee. His right hand reached into his breast pocket and extracted a check, which he offered to her. Here's a retainer of $500. I'll put more in your hands when the Japanese Sandman is in mine. You are most gallant, kind sir. Let me put this negotiable instrument in my purse, just to keep it warm and cozy, Candy said. Have all the police left? Yes, they have, Miss Matson, the doctor answered.